And for our second episode for the July 2002 Mid-Year Recap, the number two podcast of all time is I See Red Flags Everywhere. Hey everybody, welcome back. You're listening to It's Not Normal, It's Toxic, Rid Your Life of Toxic People. This again is Dr. Heidi, your Toxic Relationship Awareness and Healing Specialist. What I want to talk about today actually came in as a question from uh, one of the people that is in the Strength Within group. And I have seen this question come across before, and I just never got to this topic. So I want to talk about it today. When you start learning what the character traits are and what the red flags are, and you start being able to recognize those, we start feeling like they're everywhere. Toxic people are everywhere. Everyone out there is toxic. Okay, so I want to talk a little bit about this. I touched on some of this in the podcast from last week, how uh, toxic people can only be toxic to us if they are close to us, if we have invested in the relationship, if we have put time, if we have put commitment, um, if we have put energy into that particular relationship that is when it has a possibility of becoming toxic for us. So I wanna talk a little bit about that. Uh, learning the character traits and learning the red flags and how to spot them goes along with the fact that the toxic personality is going to target your kind, caring, loving, giving, helpers, fixers, supporters, conflict avoiders, okay? As far as I'm concerned, that's a perfect personality to have. So don't change who you are. We just change the people that we let in our inner circle. So when we learn the character traits and we start observing um, through the education, and I am a huge educator, that's basically what I do. I educate people on the character traits of the toxic person so that you can recognize going forward who may be healthy for you and who may not be healthy for you. Um, it is our responsibility because it, because it is our choice which situations and which relationships and at what level we allow people and situations in our life. So the tactics, traits, red flags, whatever you prefer to call them, need to be identified. But before I begin to identify the things that occur within an, within an unhealthy relationship, I have to remind you of one thing. We all have toxic traits, okay? We all have the capability to use the same tactics, and the traits that the unhealthy person or the toxic personality uses. We all have the capability of doing and saying things that may be unhealthy to another. The thing you must ask yourself is, what is motivating the behavior? The other thing I hear a lot about is, what if I'm the toxic one? Because when I start learning these traits, it's exactly what I'm doing, okay? Toxic traits are contagious. When the character traits are used and the different tactics are used against us um, in a cyclic or repetitive manner for the purpose of gaining something from another, that is when the relationship becomes toxic and unhealthy. So when you start seeing traits within yourself or you start seeing traits or red flags in other people, what we have to do is start observing on what the motivation behind the behavior is, okay? 
Let's think about when you felt most secure in your life and in yourself. It was when your career was going well, the kids were doing good, home life was happy, you have a great friend group, balance in your life, you were at the gym three times a week, you lost five pounds, you fit in 10-year-old jeans. Okay, when you think back to when you felt most secure in your life, it was when you were putting the things into your life that you were being rewarded for. The work and the effort that you put in and invested into your life is what made you feel empowered. It's what made you feel secure in yourself. The unhealthy or toxic personality does not have the capability, in my opinion, of doing that. Okay, they need to place people in their lives who supply them with the things that they need to feel secure. When you get up in the morning, your feet are already on fire. Oh, I forgot to sign the permission note for the kids and the lunches aren't packed because I forgot to go to the grocery store. Oh, and I told mom I was going to stop and drop this off. And my husband needs this, that, and the next thing. Oh, and there's a bake sale that I was supposed to do. You are already 100% geared toward what do I have to do for someone else to make sure that I get everything done. Okay. Toxic personality doesn't think that way. Um, this is This is probably simplified, but they wake up in the morning and they say, how am I going to feel secure today? Okay, if, if you have been in a toxic relationship, then you are supplying them with one or more of the things that they need to feel secure within themselves. You've heard me say this before on the podcast, control, power, attention, and admiration is what the toxic person seeks out on a daily basis through what they say and what they do in order to achieve the feeling of self-security. When dealing with a difficult person, it is not so much about what they're doing and what they're saying as it is about why they're doing it and why they're saying it. But we as participants in this type of relationship are basically trained to try and stay one step ahead. Okay. We are always focusing on their behavior. What did they say? What did they do? What are they going to say? What are they going to do? Because we, in attempt to keep ourselves safe, try and stay ahead of them. We try and anticipate what's coming next. So all we really have time to think about is, okay, what's going to happen now? Which one am I getting today? Do I need to be this person or do I need to be this person? Because we are constantly on the treadmill of survival mode. And if we don't constantly pay attention to what they're saying or doing, we feel very unsafe. Okay. It always comes back to their priority of being secure within themselves. Okay. So let's talk about some of the ways that the unhealthy personality gets what they need. Okay. They are seeking self-security, control, power, attention, and admiration are the things that they need to feel from other people so that they feel secure. So they use what I call the character traits or the tactics, or some people call them red flags to achieve those above things so that they feel secure. Now, not all toxic people use the same traits and not all toxic people use all of the traits and some toxic people use different traits. Okay. When you take the TPA or the toxicity profile analysis on my website, each one of those questions correlates to one of the 21 character traits that I teach. So when I get the results, I can see how many yeses you have in each character trait. So if you should happen to schedule a session with me, I already know what type of personality that, you, that you've been dealing with. 
before we ever get on the phone. And that works really well because you trying to tell me about 18 years of a marriage or, you know, a friendship since high school can be very emotional. It can be very exhausting. But if I can already see what type of manipulative tactics they're using, it's much easier for me to explain the situation that you're really in. So what are some of the ways your toxic personality are going to gain their control, power, and the, the attention and admiration? Okay. They're going to tear you down. Criticisms, comparisons, competing with you, name calling, belittling. Okay. It is the bully on the playground technique. Someone seeking the feeling of power is going to use this type of tactic to make themselves feel secure. Okay. Toxic people feel better when other people are struggling. It makes them feel better about themselves. It makes them feel superior, which makes them feel more secure. If they can make you feel bad, they feel better. The feeling of power gives them the feeling of self-security. Okay. Another trait that they tend to use quite a bit is they're always going to have an opinion on the things you do, on the things you say, on how you act, on how you dress, how you spend your money, how you use your time. They'll say things like, well, I think you should do this. Or why did you do it that way? Why didn't you just ask me? I wouldn't have spent good money on that. Why do you always have to act so happy? And my ultimate favorite, that's what you're wearing. These type of statements make us question ourselves and our ability to make good decisions. It instills self-doubt in us when our decisions are questioned by another. Okay, even if it was a good decision, if somebody insinuates that it's the wrong decision, we immediately retract from our decision. This is very um, destructive in relationships where people are very close to each other. Uh, what it does is it takes your decision-making ability away and takes all of the security that you have in your own abilities away. If you start doubting yourself, your choices, the abilities you have, they feel power and the chance of taking over more control. Okay. An example of this is you go to the beauty shop, you get your haircut. I may have used this example previously on a podcast. And while you're there, you're just, you're just planned on getting a trim. But while you're there, you decide, you know what? I'm sick of this style. This messy bun has been looking the exact same for 18 months and I'm going to cut all my hair off. So you cut all your hair off and you're so excited because you feel like a new person. You've got a style, you're confident and you, you love, you love how it looks on you. And you get home and they say something like, I liked it long better. Or why didn't you ask me? Or you shouldn't have done that. It doesn't look good on you. Okay, now the next time you go to the beauty shop or the barber or wherever it is we go, you're not going to say, how do I want to wear my hair? You're going to say, how do I think they want me to wear my hair? Okay, and just like that, they've taken the decision-making ability about how you wear your hair away from you. So when we doubt ourselves in our decisions, it makes it very difficult for us to make big decisions because we constantly fear that we're going to make the wrong one. So they're always going to have a say in what you say or do. Difficult personality is a blamer. I see this non-stop in the support group. They never take responsibility. They always blame me for everything. Okay. That's what the toxic personality does. 
So expecting them not to blame you and expecting them to take responsibility is expecting too much when we're talking about the personality that is driven to find security in themselves through other people. Okay. They're going to deny things. Okay. They're going to deny any mistreatment. They're going to deny any, any misbehavior. That's not how it happened. That's not what I said. You only hear what you want to hear. Those type of statements are them denying their behavior or their mistreatment. If they deny it, somebody else has to take responsibility for it. They deflect. Deflection is when you have to talk to them about something. And I spent years doing this. Okay, this is bothering me. I have to decide how I'm going to word it. I have to decide what tone of voice I'm using. I have to decide what is the perfect time to bring this up so that I can have a conversation about what's been bothering me. You bring it up and you get an answer that sounds something like this. Oh, well, don't you think you're just being too sensitive? Oh, don't you think you're overreacting? Or, you know, if you're unhappy in this relationship, it doesn't have anything to do with me. It's entirely because you are just an unhappy person. Okay, this makes good communication very, very difficult because now the problem is no longer what you brought up. Now the problem is that you are too sensitive or you are overreacting or you're just an unhappy person. Now the problem is you. The problem is not their behavior. The toxic personality is not going to give a sincere apology. There may be a podcast on this. Sometimes I don't remember everything I talked about because Dr. Heidi talks a lot. You're never going to get a sincere apology. It is always going to have strings attached or there is going to be an ulterior motive. You might get an apology that sounds something like, I'm sorry I got angry, but you push my buttons. I'm sorry I've not been treating you well, but it's because of the way you were acting. Okay, apologies that say, I'm sorry, but you, those aren't apologies. That is a toxic personality not taking responsibility for their behavior by turning it over on you push their buttons and you were acting a certain way. Now, if you decide to leave or exit or change the dynamic of a relationship, you might get an apology and it will be the apology that you've been waiting for. It's going to be all the things you've been waiting to hear. And you know what? We really want to believe it. That's why so many of us go back. We leave, we hear the apology, give them a second chance, go back. Leave, hear the apology, give them a third chance, go back. On and on and on, okay? Because those are the words we've been waiting to hear. We've been waiting for them to take responsibility for, for their part in the relationship. Okay, but let's look at that a little bit closer. You changing the dynamic or you stepping away or you stepping out of a toxic person's life, you will go through a grieving process, okay? They, on the other hand, are not grieving the loss of the relationship. They are grieving the loss of control over you, which makes them feel insecure. So when that apology shows up, it is not prompted by the fact that they are sad about the change in the relationship. It is prompted by the fact that they are feeling the loss of control over you and need to do and say whatever they can to regain that feeling of control. Any of this sounding familiar to any of you? Okay. Surprise, surprise, the toxic personality is very similar to the next toxic personality. You know, in my support group, I don't allow screenshots of conversations with the toxic people. Why? It triggers everybody in the support group 
Because even though when we're in it, we feel like we're the only ones in it, but they use the same phrases. They use the same tactics. They say the exact same thing. So when somebody puts a screenshot in there, everybody that reads it is put right back where they were because they all operate the same. Why? Because it is the drive for security in themselves that drives them all. So if this is making sense, you guys are on the right track. Keep learning. Difficult people like to instill fear. The toxic personality feels power if they know somebody fears them. Now, in certain situations, this is fear for your physical safety, okay? But it's not always that way, which is also what makes these uh, deciphering these type of relationships confusing because we can always compare our situation to somebody else's. You know, it's not domestically violent, so mine must not be that bad. But when a toxic personality instills fear, it's fear of disappointing them, fear of upsetting them, fear of letting them down, fear of conflict, fear of losing them. Fear in any relationship is a red flag. If there is fear in a relationship, it is 100% because the two people within the relationship have different goals. So pay attention. You should not fear someone who you are in a relationship with. If you do, we have to change the dynamic of that relationship. Toxic relationships are very isolating. Okay. They make it very difficult for you to see the people that emotionally support you, that bring you joy, that make you happy, the hobbies that you love to do, anything that fills you up, they will make it very difficult for you to do by complaining about it, um, making excuses, keeping you too busy to do those things. If you think about what drives the toxic personality, okay, they want control, power, attention, and admiration so they feel secure in themselves, okay? Because we don't want conflict with them, we slowly stop seeing, attempting to see, talking to, doing our activities, making social plans. We start cutting people out because we would rather have conflict with the other people than have conflict with the toxic person. It's easier for me to give up my hobbies than to have to fight with you every time I try to do them. So we take people out of our lives. And as we do that, we become more and more dependent on the toxic person for our relationships and for the things our relationships are supposed to feed us. Well, when they're in control of our, our emotions, they're in control of our decision-making, they're in control of how we wear our hair, we become pretty dependent on them. So then when we try to make the decision to leave, we feel like we can't make it without them. Many of them will tell you you can't make it without them. Many of them will tell you that you would be nothing without them. Thus, instilling fear, instilling more self-doubt, all the while they gain more power and control. Boundary setting is very difficult with a toxic personality. You setting a boundary is you taking control. That is not how it works with a toxic person. So they will walk over every boundary that you have to prove the power and control over you. Now, boundary setting is tricky. I quit making them. When, when they would get walked through, I thought, well, there's no sense in me even trying to do this because it just makes me feel worse about myself when my boundaries get crashed over. I would encourage you to continue to set them. That keeps you confident in yourself. It is not your problem they're crashing over them. It is theirs in their soul search for self-security. And I 
talk about this one quite a bit. You know that feeling of tension? That pit in your stomach you get? That anxiousness, that uneasiness? When you have to go into a meeting with the person who always criticizes you in front of everybody? When you hear the garage door open and you know they're home or when their name pops up on your phone? Okay, that feeling is your body's natural defense mechanism telling you something's wrong. But the toxic personality loves to make sure that there's constant tension and anxiousness in a relationship because it gets them attention. This is the listen to your gut. This is the follow your intuition. Your body knows where it's safe and your body knows where it's not safe. But if you've been in a long-standing toxic relationship, or if you were raised in an unhealthy environment, or if you've been in a long-time friendship, or if you work in a toxic situation, you may not realize that this feeling is a warning. You have gotten so used to living with it. It's just like when you walk into a room that stinks. The longer you stay in the room, the smell goes away. It doesn't mean the room doesn't stink. It just means your body has desensitized you to the smell in that room. So when you start seeing and feeling like toxic people are everywhere, or you start seeing and feeling like you might be the toxic person, when you see these traits, you see these red flags, you have to ask yourself what the motivation is behind them. Yes, they said this and they did this, but why did they say it and why did they do it? Because as soon as you can start differentiating what the motivation is, you're going to notice that they use the same playbook. Every day of your life is Groundhog Day. They don't change it. They're seeking the same thing in their life every day. So they change the words or they change the tone or they change the action. But the end result that they're seeking is exactly the same. And once you can look at it from that perspective, you're going to be able to make the decision that's best for you in changing the dynamic of the relationship. So yes, we start seeing toxic traits everywhere. But yes, we also have the ability to be toxic. It is what motivates that behavior that makes the differentiation between is this a toxic relationship or not? Or is this a toxic person or not? Or is this person healthy for me to be close to or not? And I've said this before. I used to invite everybody in my inner circle. Yes, come in. Everybody come in. This is I, I'll help you. I'll fix it. I'll support you. I'll be here for whatever. Everybody's good. Everybody has the be my best intentions in mind. Everybody come in. And now I've spent years trying to kick them out. So now when you observe the toxic traits, take the time to slow down before you react and ask yourself what's motivating it. Because things will become a lot clearer when we keep, when we quit expecting to see ourselves in them. Remember, their goals in the relationship are different. They are wired completely different than us. And by observing it from this point of view, you can learn to accept them for who they are, not who we want them to be. And that's when you can make the decision on what's best for you.